driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Talking about a revolution sounds whisper. Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper? While they're standing in the welfare lines, crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation, wasting time in the unemployment lines, sitting around waiting for.
black hole Like they'd always told me not to Saw the one dimension polka dot pass by And all the illusion shattered Money's only paper, only hate We'll destroy ourselves if we can't agree Give me a set of deltoids 
like Tracy Calkins. I want to be strong like those Amazons. I want to learn to dribble like Annie Myers. I want to learn to shoot like Cheryl Miller. I wanted to play for the Dallas Diamonds and live with Martina like Nancy Lieberman. Strong, strong. Strong, strong like an Amazon. Like Utami Kennard I want to smash that birdie Like Christy Cook I want to acquire The perfect drop shot Have total control Over that shuttlecock Strong, strong Strong, strong Like an Amazon I want to run in the Boston Marathon I want to go, go, go Like Allison Rowe Like Billie Jean King I want to serve and volley Like Martina can I want to be strong Like an Amazon I want to smack the ball Like Yvonne Gulagan Strong, strong Strong, strong Like an Amazon I want to like Janet Guthrie I want to zoom, zoom Like Cha-Cha Downey I want to be strong Like an Amazon I want to be strong, strong Like an Amazon Hello, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Vow, so stay tuned.
Hello and welcome to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val and you're listening to MutinyRadio.fm San Francisco. We're here in the Mission District right on the corner of 21st and Florida. It's a funky little spot if you ever want to stop by when you're in the neighborhood. Lots of cool shows happening all week long. Today is Friday is uh, November 10th, 2017. And uh, as I said... Mutiny Radio is a community radio station, and if you would like to have your own show at Mutiny Radio, you may. Uh, it just takes a little bit of training, and you can, if you want information about that, you can email our director at the email address, director at mutinyradio.fm. You'll get in touch with Pam Benjamin, and she will say, hey, what's up? When can you come in to start training? And there are lots of open spaces on our schedule right now. If you'd like to come be a part, basically you get two hours a week of studio time to produce your show in this free-form internet radio format in this, as aforementioned, funky little art space that we have right on the corner of 21st in Florida. So if you've ever thought about having your own show, I know I did many, many years ago, and I thought to myself, well, I don't know what I'd talk about. What would I talk about? Um, And then it took me a few years to actually wander my way back to Mutiny Radio, and uh, well just started showing up and the rest is her story you're listening to women's magazine that was some music initially from emma's revolution from their album called revolution now singing and uh you can come and sing you can come and say what you want and uh i was really privileged to attend what felt to me like a very historic event this week at the Curran Theater in downtown San Francisco. There was a very special event where Michael Krasny, who is the host of Forum on KQED Radio, interviewed Edward Snowden via live webcam while where he is cur- currently, well, in his words, a fugitive living in Russia. So Edward Snowden, as a little reminder to everybody, uh, used to work for both the CIA and the NSA, the Na- uh, National Security Agency. Um, and when he, and then he was working as a an NSA. He was hired uh, by an NSA contractor named Booz Allen Hamilton. That's a company, not a person, and will distinguish uh, people from companies, even though the Supreme Court doesn't think so. Anyhow, um, different story. So anyhow, um, he was working as an NSA contractor, and he discovered this incredible overreach of uh, the, you know, Portions of the U.S. government um, unconstitutionally searching and retrieving the private communication informations of millions of Americans, including you and me. So just, let's just be clear. Phone records, um, three degrees of your friends on social networks, um, huge, huge sweeps of, of information uh, that, they, that the NSA was getting access to. Um, and when Edward Snowden, who was a 
is a technologist. Um, he had been working in the government for many years. Uh, still a young man um, back in 2013 in his early 30s. Uh, but he comes from a long line of people who, family who've worked in government positions um, and, uh, you know, kind of like signed up, you know, to, to serve his country in a sense during the Iraq war when most of us, if you're listening to my show, were out in the streets protesting. Uh, he was like good old all-American kid, uh, young man, smart guy, very smart man, um, who you know wanted to work for the government, serve his country. So he signed up, um, you know, and he's always worked on the technology side of things. Um, did work in the, for the CIA, did work for the NSA. But then when he discovered this incredible breach of privacy, uh, he wanted to do something about it. And so he blew the whistle, as they say. Um, now, he didn't do it in the in the vein of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, um, which just kind of, their policy is just kind of print whatever they find, um, publicize it, and not really blot anything out or, or hold anything back. Um, and of course, uh, Julian Assange is is basically kind of being is, is isolated <laughs> right now, <laughs> avoiding international arrest. But um, but what Edward Snowden, his approach was to kind of package some of this information so that it would be newsworthy or news ready. Uh, he met with a couple of different journalists, including Glenn Greenwald from the uh, Guardian. Um, newspaper. Um, there was another uh, journalist that he met with from Der Spiegel, which is in Germany, and then one other that I, is escaping me right now. Um, and he met with them in Hong Kong and opened up this debate about privacy and wanted to, as he explained the other night at the Current Theater, he wanted to make sure that this was in the public interest and wanted it to be vetted by uh, professional journalists uh, and their editors to make sure that he wasn't just crazy, he wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just him. Um, so he ended up releasing a lot of this information uh, through the press back in 2013. Um, unfortunately, that meant that he also uh, took some uh, government property of, of sorts, what we would call it, you know, the information that he was that he was sharing, um, and then the, the U.S. government kind of went on a hunt for him in a sense. Um, he apply he has applied for asylum in 21 different countries, but every time he got a little bit closer and closer to being granted asylum, uh, it's, there would be some sort of high order phone call from the U.S. saying, "Don't even think about it. Um, the U.S. will re retaliate against you in your country in some way, shape, or form, undisclosed, if you grant Edward Snowden asylum." Now, a, a, a note on that is under the United Nations Declaration of Human rights. Asylum is a human right. So uh, the U.S. has been, uh, well, ignoring uh, the edicts of the United Nations Human Rights um, Declaration in, in more than one way, but in this way especially. And so he ended up in Russia. And when he got to Russia, he was told that his U.S. passport had been canceled and he was basically sequestered to the airport terminal for about a month in Moscow. Um, and, then, and then eventually Russia granted him 
asylum or a temporary asylum, which they've continued to extend. Uh, but he is, in many people's view, an American hero, not an American traitor. Um, a hero for the people because he exposed what everyone, well, not everyone, but what a lot of people already suspected, um, considering the, the technologies that we have, that the government has been spying on Americans. And, um, you know, one of the justifications for that, you know, in the, in the wake of the emergency after... 9-11, um, you know, in the Patriot Act, uh, which was implemented almost immediately, uh, a document that had been written before the Twin Towers got, I'll say, blown up um, and crashed into by some planes. But, um, yeah, so so uh, the, the intelligence community, the, uh, the central government, um, you know, really was taking advantage of the fear that so many Americans were experiencing after 9-11. And uh, there was a, you know, a debate, a, a conversation, a public conversation that was opened up about, well, what, do you trade liberty for security? Um, you know, well, if you want to be free, then you have to give up some of your freedom so that you can be secure. Um, maybe that means giving up some of your private information. And if you have nothing to hide, then you have nothing to worry about. Um, but as we can see, um, information can be easily manipulated. Uh, and you might be a three degrees of separation from somebody that is, you know, of interest for some reason or another, whether or not it actually, you know, for they actually pose a threat to anybody or not. Um, it's kind of this huge field of uh, what we've now come to call metadata. So Edward Snowden exposed all this, um, and he's been demonized, uh, you know, from the central government. Obama uh, said he wasn't a patriot. Um, the current president, number 45, in one of his, you know, ridiculous uh, speeches, offhand con comments, said he should be executed. Um, some really horrendous things. But uh, since this initially came out in 2013 and Obama called Edward Snowden, said he was not a patriot, um, then Obama actually put together a couple of investigative commissions to, to, to figure out what was going on. And they did, in fact, find... <laughs> there were these huge sweeps of, of Americans being spied on, uh, their information being um, tracked, held, um, and uh, and um, Obama kind of had to eat his words a little bit, um, but he didn't go so far as to apologize to Edward Snowden, um, but he did have to acknowledge that. In fact, yes, what Edward Snowden had released, the uh, information, was in fact correct and accurate and was happening um, even, you know, kind of beyond uh, congressional oversight. So, uh, Edward Snowden lives. He is in Russia. Uh, he would like to come home, but of course, in this climate, um, this political climate, uh, he cannot. So... Mm, Edward Snowden, 
what an interesting figure he is. Um, and he's somebody that we still need to pay attention to. Um, it was a really, really cool event at the Curran Theater the other night uh, with Michael Krasny um, hosting and interviewing um, Edward Snowden, big with his like giant head on the screen. You know, <laughs> it was an interesting event. Um, so I definitely want to talk about that because it's really important that we recognize the invasion, uh, the the degree of which uh, to which um, f agencies within the U.S. government is going. Um, you know in the name of security. And what's really interesting and telling is that all of this collection of data, um, millions and millions of Americans' uh, information has failed, uh, despite original claims, uh, some of these commissions that Obama uh, put together, um, they actually found that all that collection of information had failed to prevent a single terrorist attack. So, um, Edward Snowden's point was, uh, you know, some people may have thought it's okay to trade liberty for security, but um, even the security part has failed. So, uh, welcome. Welcome to Women's Magazine. We're going to have a good day this, this Friday. Uh, we love truth-telling. We love the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Um, so along the lines of... Uh, you know, not just the government wanting to collect all of your information without you knowing. Um, an interesting story came out this week that I had to read a couple of different articles about because when I first read it, I was like, no way, that's not really happening. That's just some sort of, you know, fluff. I hate the, the term fake news, but I thought it was fake at first. Um, but then I went, I went looking because it was really interesting to me. So... Apparently, Facebook is asking users to send the company naked photos and videos of themselves. Yeah, let me repeat that. Facebook is asking users to send the company naked photos and videos of themselves. Why? Well, so that it can block the images if they are later uploaded as revenge porn. <laughs> I got Roman in here. That was a great reaction. <laughs> yeah, so apparently revenge porn is like a big thing that happens on social media. I thankfully have not had any personal experience with this. But apparently um, every uh, every month, I think they said, let me find, let me find that part. I want to say, <laughs> basically it's like you're in a relationship or you're dating with somebody and you send them naked pictures of yourself and then you break up and then that person decides, I'm going to get back at you, so I'm going to post your naked pictures in social media. Apparently, um, the, the company sees 54,000 cases of this every month. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, like <laughs> I feel like I'm like a Paul Schaefer, but mostly swearing and just... <laughs> Muttering. Awesome. Car carry on, please, Roman. That's uh, Roman Reimer from the uh, Weekly Review. Hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> you should definitely tune in to Weekly Review here at Mutiny Radio, Fridays 12 to 2. 
<laughs> Paul Schaefer of <laughs> Women's Magazine. Um, <laughs> only, only in expletives, please. Um, <laughs> so apparently, this is like a huge problem. I, I mean, fifty-four thousand cases a month of of people being being dicks and and posting dick pictures or or whatever. Um, no, but you know, getting back at someone by posting naked pictures of them. You know, so. Facebook's solution, send us your nude photos and videos. Um, and we will, <laughs> I'm just going to read this. I can't, I can't even like say this with a straight face. All right. So Facebook asking users to send the company naked photos and videos of themselves so that it can block images if they're later uploaded as revenge porn. A trial of the feature in Australia asks people who are worried about their intimate pictures being posted uh, by an ex-partner to, pro to provide the images to Facebook so that it knows to prevent them from being uploaded in the future. Uh -huh. The trial is due to spread to the UK, the US, and Canada. Um, Facebook software would create a, quote, hash or a digital fingerprint of the photo so that it can be recognized next time it's uploaded and automatically blocked. Mm -hmm. um, it hopes that preemptive action will prove better than deleting the images only after they're reported, by which time the damage may have already been done. Yeah. Facebook bans explicit images and revenge porn can result in a prison sentence of up to two years in the UK, but it's still a major problem on, on the social network. Um, as we said, leaked documents revealed that the company sees 54,000 cases a month. <laughs> That's a lot of revenge. That is. <laughs> a lot of naked pictures. Um, <laughs> so here, okay, so we'll go on. Um, Julie Inman Grant, Australia's e-safety commissioner, said Facebook would not be permanently storing the images, mm -hmm. but only the hashes, which are capable of blocking further attempts to upload pictures, but cannot be decoded to produce the images. The same hashing technology has been used for years to prevent the spread of child pornography and is also used by internet companies to share and block terrorist images. Facebook started blocking repeated instances of revenge porn earlier this year, I guess just, just this year, um, using the hashing technique uh, to identify explicit images that had already been reported and prevent them from being reshared. Uh, but this trial <laughs> takes it one step further by attempting to thwart the uh, pictures from being uploaded in the first place. Mm. Um, <laughs> Roman. I, I do have a comment. Yes. Wasn't, wasn't there something where, like, everything you put on Facebook or upload to Facebook, Facebook somehow owns? Uh, so... You're right. Uh, yeah, they can, like, they, you sign away, you basically, I believe you allow them to use any of your images that you upload, you know, as in theory that it's like, oh, if we want to advertise or if mm -hmm. we want to, like... If we think your picture is great and we want to say, come join Facebook and yeah. look at this great picture. You're right, Roman. You're absolutely yeah. right. And that's another reason why we should be reading the fine print. When you download an app, when you sign up for a, a website, a social networking service, read the fucking fine print. That's a huge problem right now. For example, Netflix. Uh-huh. Netflix. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh-oh is right. Because everybody wants to watch, you know, as many movies as you 
want for like eight bucks a month. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, when you initially sign up, uh, when I initially signed up, I read the fine print and I was like, okay, that's, you know, didn't sound like too bad. Then about a few months ago, they said, uh, we've, we've rewritten our privacy terms. So, you know, click here and agree or, you know, read them and then agree. So of course, I read them, um, which a lot of people don't. And I, you know, I really encourage you to do so. You need to be able to make that choice. And so, um, and, and this is regardless if it's on your computer or even if it's on your phone, if you download the app for Netflix, yeah, you know, you, you're like, what are the agreements? What do I have to agree to? Well, we want access to your photos, your files, your contacts. It's like, wait a second. On Netflix? Right. This isn't, I mean, this is not some sort of like social sharing network right. where it's not like, you know, LinkedIn where I want, where maybe I want to see who in my address book is on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Like there's no connection there for if you're going to watch a movie. Yeah. Right. Or you're trying to watch a TV show. Why would Netflix need to have access to any of your personal information on your personal device? Mm -hmm. Um, But, and, and I've, you know, I have a smartphone and every time I think about downloading an app or somebody tells me about something, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll fucking use an app. And I look at it and it's like the Google play store and almost all of them now, if they're, you know, free ones or whatever, I haven't paid for any, um, almost all of them want access to all of that information. Hmm. And ergo, I don't use these services. Um, but it really pissed me off because I really wanted to watch movies. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, and, and, and when I got that notice to, um, you know, agree, it was like basically agree or cancel your service. Ugh. So I, I canceled. Wow. So I, you know, if you guys have any VHS tapes and you want to send them to me, I still have a VCR. I, I actually do. Nice. Yeah. You know, let's go analog on this shit. Yeah. Um, or find some other way to do it because um, yeah, you're giving it away, folks. You're mm. fucking giving it away. So this whole Facebook thing of, oh, well, we're not going to store the images, really. It's just going to be, like, stored somewhere, and it's going to be kind of encrypted. The idea is it would be able to scan a picture of anybody, you know, and it's just, we're talking, like, naked pictures, too. So not necessarily the face, oh. right? <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it's like you're going to prevent any other naked pictures of this particular person from ever being uploaded onto Facebook. Mm. Okay. So that, that's scary in and of itself. Um, but also I was thinking, well, who's to say that, uh, you know, the, the, the photos, (laughs) these naked photos, you know, if some, if, if, if you sent it to another person and then that person had that photo, then they could in theory upload it right yeah but what if the other person took a picture of you and you didn't like it wasn't your photo right like how would you you can't like upload their photo to prevent them from posting something yeah. so this is really fucked up i think it's really stupid um and you know <laughs> don't send naked pictures of yourself folks i don't know i mean that would to me makes the most sense hey maybe you want to but you really have to think about where these pictures are going it kind of makes me think about willy wonka and mike tv you know it's like 
you know well how do they make TV well they take the you know this image gets gets shot and then it goes up into the air and in millions of tiny pieces and then it shows up on your screen you know I mean just as a very kind of you know juvenile <laughs> uh, example um, but it's like you're sending pictures in a world where all of your information mm. can be hacked and accessed yeah. and in many cases Ooh. you have already given permission to these companies to get access to these things yeah. so you know it's it's sad you know we can't go back to the, the good old days where if you wanted to send a naked picture of yourself you got a polaroid you put it in the mail that's right <laughs> you wait a few days and if you're hopefully still seeing the person <laughs> they'll get it that's right exactly so you know it's a weird world we're living in everybody um but <laughs> blood flower walked in he's <laughs> he knows it's a weird world we're living in um so yeah here we are in a world where uh, a whistleblower edward snowden a you know a, a dedicated american government worker um decided to let the American public know that the government was spying on them with this huge overreach and it's totally unconstitutional. Um, and he can't come home nope. uh, because he's being charged under the Espionage Act and for study uh, for two counts of something under the Espionage Act, Act and also um, like stealing government property. Um, but he's a whistleblower, which means he's a truth teller, and he, uh, he's so you know what he's so articulate and he's so intelligent and he's so kind of level-headed. Um, anyhow, so we've got Edward Snowden who's in exile essentially. He can't come home. He wants to come home. Let's bring him home someday under safety. Um, let's pardon him uh, for for helping people know what was going on. And um, and now you know Facebook wants you to upload naked pictures of yourself just so that you know that they can help you prevent your exes from posting revenge porn. Con congratulations, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I think we might be nearing the cusp of idiocracy. Oh, I, I, I bet you it can go far more worse and beyond what we even can imagine. <laughs> oh, man. And this is supposed to be an upbeat show today. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, I mean, we have to laugh at this, right? You have to. I mean, I, when I first read about the Facebook thing, I was like, yeah. hey, you give me a break. Yeah. This is like the onion, right? You know, it's like. It's, but it's not the onion. Yeah. It's Facebook. It's actually doing it. So, um, oh. yeah, yeah. Good luck, everybody. Mm -hmm. Just it's really good luck. Um, <laughs> and what we need. Um, but what we need is we need we need a lot of things. Um, I, I want to. I got a few more minutes. I want to talk a little bit more about Edward Snowden did, um, and then I want to read you a poem that I wrote about it. Mm. So Michael Krasny was asking him, like, well, where are you kind of politically? You know, like beforehand, you were kind of more libertarian. Like, where are you politically now? And mm. and Edward Snowden was very, very smart. And he, uh, you know, kind of avoided the question. Smart. But he was pointing to the fact that we have to get beyond partisanship. And, you know, there's people who are like red team, blue team, bad guys, good guys, blah, 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 blah. That the division and the divisiveness um, that that we experience uh, is not helping uh, the American public. 
Mm. Um, we need to be able to come together and discuss our values and look at what we what is all in, in public interest and overall interest and what we actually agree on instead of what we disagree on. Mm. Um, and I really appreciated that point, and he made it a couple of times. Also, there was an, a question from the audience uh, about, you know, what do you think is going to make the biggest difference, public policy or technology? Mm. And I thought that was a really good question, mm. and he answered it in a very interesting way. He said, well, you know what? It's going to be everything. You can't just rely on public policy. Um, public policy isn't going to change everything. Even if there was a huge, you know, grinchy change of heart in the White House tomorrow and yeah. everyone's heart grew three sizes that day, um, you're not going to have, like, public policy that's going to benefit everybody or, or, like, change everything overnight. Um, but you also have... I mean, you can send information. I mean, look at the information he sent, and the you know, and things that can go around the world almost uh, in an instant um, that can change things and can change people and can bring information and all this stuff. And and so, uh, you know, kind of a comprehensive, like basically everybody has to be in it. Um, so I would like to personally thank Edward Snowden for being a brave, courageous person um, and a, a compatriot uh, for for truth telling and taking taking the personal risk. Um, and someone asked him, like, well, you know, uh, something about heroes. And I loved his answer. He's like, I don't believe in heroes. Mm. And you know what? I, I've, I've kind of historically not either. Um, yeah. And he's like, you know, when you believe in heroes... Uh, that's another form of separation, mm. you know, to say that uh, these people did something that I can't do. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, everybody can do something. So, yeah. so just for saying that he's kind of a hero of mine. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I, I too, I'm kind of, I've kind of always been in the anti-hero camp. So, um, it was an interesting comment. And Edward Snowden, I found out, is like two years younger than me. Well, like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, brother. Um, so uh, we're, we are contemporaries here. And uh, the world has a lot to, to, of work to do. So I'm glad that we're all here to do it. Here is a poem. <laughs> After all that. And I wrote this the day after I saw this uh, cool event at the current theater here. And it's called Your Truth is Out There. A little bit of blue skies and tears well up in Edward Snowden's eyes. Two standing O's from San Francisco supporting our truth-telling compatriot who's been demonized by the very government he worked for and carefully exposed as violating privacy in a telecom complicit dragnet of data, your phone records, and three degrees of friends. That was 2013, and it hasn't ended. He blew the whistle and his own cover, discovering the unconstitutional overreach of an adolescent application of new technology wielded by novice agencies hungry for power, like an ambitious apprentice making a million sweeps while the masses rest and play, getting flooded by overflowing fountains of alleged fact-finding, found, in fact, to have never netted any plots against the people. Even the precarious deal of trading liberty for security has failed. Yet, 
we are still susceptible to the inside job of a virtual home invasion of all of your information. Mm. I'm Global Val. You're listening to Women's Magazine, MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to listen to Women's Magazine here this fine Friday, October 10th, 2017. I'm Global Val, and remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like risking your life, career, and and nationality to expose the fact that your government is spying on almost every single American for no good reason, hey, inspiration is contagious. Peace. Thank you, and stay tuned. Coming up next, the Common Thread Collective Open Mic. It's Diamond Dave's birthday weekend. He's 80 years old, punk as fuck. (laughs) So come back, come down and join us. We're at the corner of 21st in Florida, right here in the Mission District of San Francisco. We have microphones. We've got uh, some some cool chairs and and, uh, places for you to hang out. And there's a piano if you care to uh, play the key a little bit or whatever you want to do music poetry activism art projects um you know free free flowing thought so stay tuned or come down and join us and also on saturday that's tomorrow at adobe bookstore over here on 24th street from 6 30 to 9 p.m we're gonna have diamond dave's birthday party uh Trio Cambio will be featuring at 7 o'clock. We're also going to have a cool local bluegrass band, the Beauty Operators, um, with our friend Jeremy Pollock, who's in that band, who used to have a show here as part of the League of Pissed Off Voters. Um, and you and anybody else you want to come and, and come be a part of it. Uh, you want to read a poem, you want to play a song, you want to pull a book off the shelf and read a paragraph, or you want to read something. Um, it will be a community event. Um, potluck, if you want to bring something to to contribute for the food for the body, mind, and spirit, as Dave likes to say, feel free to do so. Otherwise, just bring yourself and your good vibes and your good wishes, and we're going to have a great rockedogenarian party for Diamond Dave. Peace. Be right back. 
And again, some music from a group, Emma's Revolution. When the 